This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 12.03, Monday afternoon, February 6th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Movie theater industry enjoying a bit of a comeback. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the week ahead will include earnings reports and other data. Plus, we'll hear from Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. We're joined by Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Gus, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Before we talk about some of the uh, big uh, consumer-facing companies that are reporting their fourth quarter earnings uh, later this week, let's talk about uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell's speech tomorrow. Tomorrow. And uh, is he still at a bit of a crossroads as far as uh, where to go with the uh, hiking cycle? And how does uh, Friday's jobs report, the red hot jobs report from January, how does that change his calculation? Um, I, I think that that makes more near-term interest rate increases likely. Uh, the job market is too strong for the Fed. We saw, you know, 517,000 jobs added in January. Um, you know, that may be overstating it, but the unemployment rate fell to a more than 50-year low. Uh, the Fed wants to see a little bit more slack in the labor market. They want to see slower job growth. Uh, so we will see the Fed continue to raise interest rates in the near term. At the same time, though, that same report showed that wage growth was also slowing down. Now, are they looking at the the deceleration in wages or are they looking at uh, a year-over-year comparison? I, I think they're looking at both, and, and I think that wage growth, although it's slowly, slowing, is still stronger than what we had pre-pandemic. Uh, the Fed is concerned that, that that could add to inflationary pressures in the U.S. economy. Uh, so I think that you know they would like to see uh, you know a little bit weaker wage growth uh, that would help slow overall inflation, particularly in service industries. Now, there's a little bit of uh, boardroom drama going on at the Walt Disney Corporation, but above and beyond that, Disney, Pepsi, Kellogg's all report this week three companies that are consumer-facing in a number of ways, and it's also a very good temperature check on the state of the American consumer. Yeah, so I think what we see is is that consumers generally are, are still in pretty good shape. Uh, high inflation has taken a toll, but many households were able to save up money in 2021 with the stimulus and with limited opportunities to spend. And we do see them spending, particularly on things like travel and tourism. Uh, that being said, you know there there is some indication that there's some saturation in the in the streaming market. Uh, but generally, I think the consumers are in solid shape, uh, and that we will continue to see consumer spending growth in the near term, particularly with that strong job market we were just talking about. And speaking of consumers, the report on consumer sentiment is out on Friday. And since all roads lead back to the Fed and their uh, their their interest rate hiking uh, 
tapering cycle. Uh, what would how would that uh, shape the Fed's decision making? Well, I, I think, to be honest with you, the Fed would be happy with a little uh, weaker consumer confidence. Uh, you know, they want to see that consumers are pulling back somewhat on their spending. Uh, we are seeing a slowing in the housing market. I think the Fed would like to see that extend to some other sectors. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the Fed is concerned that growth is, is too strong. It's stronger than the economy can, stain, can sustain over the longer run. Uh, you know, so they will be continuing to raise rates until we see a little bit of a consumer pullback there. Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Thanks for joining us, Gus. Coming up, moviegoers are once again packing movie theaters. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The movie box office has been buzzing lately as film fans flock back to theaters. Let's check the numbers with Paul DeGarabedian, Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Paul, thanks for joining us today. For the first two months of the year, the story has been Avatar. Uh, James Cameron once again uh, emerges from a a multi-year period in the studio creating this uh, eye-popping visual spectacle that uh, just parks itself at the top of the box office and makes a billion dollars. But now uh, some other movies are uh, challenging it for the throne. And as a result... The number of people in movie theaters tracking substantially higher than it was a year ago at this time. Absolutely. Uh, you got it right. Uh, no question that compared to a year ago when Spider-Man No Way Home was really the dominant force. We are now looking at a January and then now into February of 2023 for movie theaters. It's just been fantastic. And like you said, Avatar, The Way of Water, I mean, that film is now the fourth highest grossing global movie of all time with 2.174 billion that's billion with a b dollars worldwide and then this past weekend the new m night Shyamalan thriller suspense thriller knock at the cabin knocked avatar out of the top spot a spot it held for seven weekends in a row that's very rare to have a movie top the chart for seven weekends And then 80 for Brady, also doing well this weekend, leading into Super Bowl week and Super Bowl weekend. And it seems like, you know, there there are four categories of movies, at least in my mind, as someone who just goes to the movies. You have the the visual spectacles you have to see, the avatars, the Marvel movies. There are the movies that you have to see because they're culturally important Academy Award nominees. There are movies you see because you want to bring the kids to the theater, Puss in Boots, Paw Patrol. Encanto, uh, that category. And then one that is probably coming back now, which is the movie you see because you want to see a movie, not necessarily because it's good. You're just in the mood to go to the theater. And that movie was going direct to streaming, and now they're going back to the theater. And 80 for Brady seems like a a perfect example of that genre of motion picture. Boy, Rob, you really, you you encapsulated the whole business in about 30 seconds there, and you're 100% right. I think uh, 80 for Brady is an example of a film that's just pure escapist fun. And for audiences who just want to go to the movie theater, like you said, they're not looking to see necessarily an Oscar contender or a big spectacle like a superhero movie, but just want to have a good old time in the theater. 80 for Brady is it. Uh, And there was a Variety article this weekend talking about, let's make movies for more mature audiences that are just fun. 
And it's it, for this movie in one, you know, basically a few words, you can describe the movie. It sounds like a great time. I think it's going to do very well this week and leading into Super Bowl weekend. It's perfectly timed for great iconic stars. And I think that's a winner. And that's a that's a movie I think that'll play 80 for Brady very well in over the next you know month or so. And it'll have, as we say in the business, legs have long term playability. And of course, knock at the cabin. That's great to have an M. Night Shyamalan movie. That's his seventh uh, number one debut as a director. So always a force to be reckoned with uh, M. Night Shyamalan, no question. A lot of diversity there in the marketplace, a lot of great different types of movies. And then very quickly, Paul, uh, just looking at the number of movies in the pipeline, uh, I talked to a couple of independent theater owners in the Chicago area, and they say their problem is that there's just aren't as many movies being made, being released in theaters compared to pre-pandemic times. And are the studios catching up? They are catching up. And in fact, uh, last year in 2022, there were 41 fewer wide release titles. That's a lot of movies that were released in theaters. This year, we should have some 30 more wide release titles. So help is on the way for theater owners who in 2022 had a real lack of movies. Now we're going to have, I think, a much more robust slate of films and a much better box office in 23 than in 2022. Paul DeGarabedian, Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, the money is flowing as Chicago's mayoral election rapidly approaches. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Chicago municipal election is set for February 28th, which means the candidates, especially for mayor, are making their final campaign push. Let's get the latest now from Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Greg, thank Thanks for joining us today and looking at some of the fundraising numbers, especially from some of the big names in the nine candidate field of uh, people running for mayor. uh, Maybe this is just years of following uh, federal elections, Greg, but uh, these numbers seem relatively minuscule given the fact that you're running for the mayor of the third largest city in the country. They are certainly not of the magnitude of uh, the Rahm Emanuel era. He was a uh, Rahm was a uh, world champion fundraiser who could, uh, you know, outraise anybody. Um, uh, but uh, there are some. Uh, there's certainly enough for three or four of the leading candidates to get on TV, which is the, really the name of the game. In a, in a nine-person race, uh, getting your message out is extraordinarily difficult unless you command a megaphone, and that's what the TV does. Uh, uh, Paul Valls has money uh, enough to be on TV. Uh, Chuy Garcia is up. Uh, Brandon Johnson is up, and Mayor Lightfoot is up, of course. Who appears to be winning the air war right now? Because uh, as someone who has uh, a lot of local television on in the studio over the course of a five-hour shift, you can kind of see when the 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 ad campaigns stop and start. Uh, Brandon Johnson was on TV. Paul Vallis was on TV last week. You're starting to see some ads from Mayor Lightfoot. But uh, who seems to be getting the most traction uh, on the tube? Well, you know, that's, that is a good question uh, because the polls have been all over the place. Um, but uh, I think there's starting to be a consensus now that, uh, that uh, the race, there's only going to be two people who are going to make it to the second round. That there are three, four, perhaps five people worth watching. Uh, one is Mr. Ballas, one is Mayor Lightfoot, one is Willie Wilson, uh, the business guy, uh, one is, is, is uh, Mr. Garcia, the congressman, and then there's, there's Johnson. All of them have a TV presence that has at least uh, got their name ID up. Um, if, uh, 
Whether it's going to further narrow beyond that to a group of two or three, as some analysts expect, uh, we're going to have to see. But both, all, all of those five have enough going to at least get their core message out. Could we see potentially some consolidation in the progressive lane uh, from some of the uh, potentially uh, some candidates who uh, don't have the money to get on TV possibly uh, dropping out between now and February 28th? I have not seen any sign of that. That would be the logical thing, but we're talking politics here, not logic. <laughs> uh, hey, it would, that would be the sensible thing uh, to kind of help your ideological side. Uh, but uh, frankly, today, I'm just looking at, I'm sitting here writing. Uh, I've got candidates all over the place doing things all over the place. Mr. Garcia is talking about uh, about uh, limiting property taxes, and Mr. Johnson's got a, got a safety plan. Uh, Paul Bell says there's a, lunch, there's a luncheon for, for retired coppers. Uh, um, uh, uh, Mr. Green, who we haven't talked about, he's got some TV ads too, probably just on cable, but uh, it's up. Uh, it's like they've all kind of realized we only have three weeks to go. We've got to get moving. What's interesting to me is that uh, Paul Vallis seems to be running by himself in a lane that was occupied four years ago by Jeremiah Joyce and Bill Daly, the the Edison Park, Garfield Ridge, Mount Greenwood lane. And uh, it's... it. it in some ways, his his success may not be very surprising, seeing he's got this area all to himself. I tend to agree with you, which is why most of the polls now, uh, I think all the polls that I've seen recently show Ballas in at least the, the, the top two. Um, he's the only white guy on the on the ballot, and why, and why Chicago doesn't vote in racial ways in quite the way it used to. That's significant. Uh, he is, along with Mr. Wilson, uh, the only person kind of in the center right. Um, uh, he has pretty good name recognition. Um, uh, he, indeed, the question for him is whether he can expand his space just enough uh, from the northwest and southwest sides, for instance, over on the lakefront, uh, to uh, to get the maybe 20-25% needed to lock up a, a spot in the runoff. Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Thanks for the heat check of the mayor's race, the first round, February 28th. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A massive fire in the south suburbs makes it a very long day for emergency crews. A Chicago investment advisor is accused of bilking clients, including two suffering from dementia. There are financial strategies young adults can employ to provide longer-term security. And at Stock Picker Monday, we'll get a couple of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM Business.
business markets are lower. The Dow is down 45 points. The Nasdaq is down 114. The S&P 500 is down 26. 36 degrees right now at O'Hare under partly sunny skies. Topping out at 45 today at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. The emergency crews in the south suburbs are still on the scene of an extra alarm fire that started early this morning. The details from WBBM's Bernie Tafoya. A line of smoke stretched for miles across the southern suburbs at the height of the fire at the Morgan Lee Warehouse on 11th and Washington here in Chicago Heights. A spokesman for the suburb says furniture and fabrics were stored at the warehouse. Firefighters from a number of neighboring suburbs were brought in to help battle the fire or provide ambulances should any have been needed. Those departments included Glenwood, Hazelcrest, Piatone, Crete Township, Beecher and Park Forest. In Chicago Heights, Bernie Tafoya, 105.9 WBBM. A Chicago investment advisor is now charged with stealing $683,000 from three clients, including two elderly men suffering from dementia. A federal indictment accuses 32-year-old David Wells of falsely telling customers he would invest their money in publicly traded companies. The client sent him checks made payable to a firm Wayne and Stark. Prosecutors say it was actually a shell company set up and controlled by Wells. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in the red today. Let's check in with Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer, Crescent Capital, based in Chicago. Jack, thanks for joining us today. What's moving the markets uh, lower, albeit slightly? Yeah, I think, uh, Rob, it's still a little bit of a hangover from the jobs number, the blowout jobs number that we got last Friday, suggesting then that the Fed still has a little more work to do. Um, as you recall, uh, we had a jobs gain that probably was three times what um, uh, economists had forecast uh, for January. And uh, that suggests that you know, companies are still hiring and there's upward pressure on, on wages. And of course, uh, that will inform uh, comments that Fed Chair Jay Powell will make tomorrow. Um, the Anytime a, a, a Fed chairman says anything, it has the potential to move markets. But are investors betting on anything outside of what we've been hearing so far? Will the message remain consistent? I think so. Um, you know, it is a little bit of a head scratcher that the chairman wasn't, uh, you know, a little more forceful in his press conference on Wednesday, where could have assumed that he caught wind of what that Friday number would have been. But based on the comments that he gave, which were kind of mixed, actually, he said that the Fed was making progress on on inflation, and investors really took that as a kind of a bullish sign. Now, we do have a number of companies that uh, report their fourth quarter earnings this week that uh, are, are kind of a really good indicator of where the uh, American consumer's head is at. Food companies, consumer product companies, Disney, of course, which has exposure to uh, all sorts uh, all sorts of consumer-facing businesses, from movies to theme parks to cruise ships. And if all of those companies come in rather disappointing that uh, indicate that the economy is weakening. Uh, weakening. Uh, how do investors interpret that? You know, that's a good question. You know, and we are also going to hear from, I think, both Uber and Lyft um, uh, this week. But you're right. Um, you know, I did a piece last week trying to 
understand and kind of drill, drill down on what uh, company management was saying and what their outlook was. And what we found was that business spending in general is pretty lackluster. And then we took a, a closer look at business sentiment, business attitudes, and now they're falling, at least among small business owners, they're smalling, falling below levels we saw during the pandemic. In fact, we're approaching levels that we haven't seen since the financial crisis. So if you're looking for an indication of what businesses are likely to do, um, you know, that is probably a, a decent sign. You know, Microsoft, Intel, AMD, all wringing their hands over the fact that companies are not buying new PCs. In fact, with these layoffs, they'll likely buy fewer PCs. Um, but the consumer is still pretty strong. Um, you know, we're getting uh, decent reports uh, from the airlines and so forth. So perhaps with, uh, Disney could be a good indicator of uh, you know what the what the household spending picture will look like. Part of the frustration, I would imagine, for a lot of business owners, especially the higher up you go on the Fortune 500, is that you don't really have a good indication of where the economy is going. Uh, you can play the game on the one hand, on the other, with every data point and every metric that comes out. You could talk yourself into a recession. You could also talk yourself into a soft landing, and that's probably driving a lot of people crazy yeah and you know our bottom line is look 2022 was a year where the markets reacted to higher interest rates 2023 is going to be a year where the economy and other factors uh, respond to higher interest rates we have to keep in mind if you look back in history between the peak in the overnight rate and the subsequent trough in earnings it's roughly nine months and we're not even at peak uh, Fed funds rate yet. Uh, on the other hand, if you look at peak Fed funds rate and the subsequent uh, peak in the unemployment rate, it's not for two years. So I think it's possible we can so, you know, peacefully coexist to have earnings decline, but jobs uh, and job market continue to advance. And that's something I think is difficult for a lot of investors to reconcile. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer with Crescent Capital based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, financial planning for young adults. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There are some basic things that young adults can do to get on the road to financial stability. Let's get some suggestions from Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer with the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and down Grove. Craig, thank you for joining us today. Uh, two of the big topics of conversation on the Noon Business Hour consistently and thoroughly are buying a house and preparing for retirement. And uh, you may think yourself as someone who's young and indestructible when you're in your 20s, but uh, eventually you have to uh, confront both of those realities. And then you say to yourself, man, I wish I could have told that uh, person in their 20s what they could have done uh, to prepare themselves. So uh, to, to avoid that regret, Craig, what are some things that you can do uh, to get ready not only for retirement, but also home ownership? Sure. Well, I mean, the first one right off the bat is set some goals. It is never too early. I want people to start thinking before they go home shopping about what does that place look like? How do they define that home? What does it feel like? Really have a crystal clear, compelling vision of what that home's going to be. And then it's going to be much less painful when you start nailing down your budget, right? Starting to shop with multiple lenders, hiring a great real estate agent to represent 
represent you. But there's another side to this trade. There's another part to the barbell that you just mentioned, Rob, which is your retirement. And the best time to start is not next week, not next month. It is today. And once you have your first full-time job, oh my heavens, you have to automate your savings and start putting money into that 401k plan from day one. Your future self is going to thank you. And then when it comes to uh, the the housing component, um, it's a, it's a different world, especially because interest rates are higher. I mean, you know, just a couple of years ago, you could buy a lot more house because your mortgage was maybe three percent, four percent, or if you refied during the pandemic, it was in the twos. But now we're talking about sixes or sevens. Yeah, you know, I mean, amortization schedules, 30-year mortgages, they're going to start with a six, and that's just the reality. And anybody who thinks that we're going back into the twos is probably misguided. The only reason we were there in the first place was because of the Great Recession, which was the worst thing known since the Great Depression. Wouldn't you agree, Rob? Yeah, you, you know, if, if, if you're going back, if interest rates, are, if home mortgage rates are going back to the twos, something terrifying happened. You don't want that. You don't want the, no. uh, the circumstances leading up to that. We don't. So let's, let's just uh, assume and let's recognize together that this is the new normal. We are back to the new normal. Just no one's been under the new normal since 2007. It's been 16 years. So I think everybody should still embrace and understand that owning a place, building equity is a great way to help with long-term financial security. So I don't want to let prevailing rates that start with a six dissuade anybody from being very selective and intentional with home ownership, but we have to make sure we have a command of our budget. It's more important than ever because you're right, John, Rob, that payment, interest, taxes, it's going to be a larger number than it used to be. And again, life is all about cash flow. And then what are some things you could do to clean up your credit before you jump into the housing market? Because you said you got to get that pre-approval and that pre-approval means they go into your, you know, they pull your credit score and it may not be up to snuff. Well, Rob, FICO scores can and do matter. FICO scores have always mattered. So how about we start by first obtaining our credit report and understanding what's there. And if there are any blemishes or delinquencies, let's immediately look to cure those. And then let's understand what drives good credit, a solid payment history, not borrowing too much relative to our line of credit that's been established to us. And I think all of things and financial, Rob, are just about awareness. So if we develop a habit loop to consistently look at our credit, we develop a habit loop to consistently put money in our 401k, we develop a habit loop to automate our savings and start telling our monies where to go instead of wondering where they went. Those are the keys to financial freedom, just having more awareness. Craig Bolanos, founding partner, chief executive officer of the Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Thanks for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday.
Tuesday and still to come, our Monday Stock Picker. Compounding your interest with an economy of words, this is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out this afternoon is Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, thanks for joining us uh, once again today. And both of your picks this week uh, have a little bit of a local footprint. So let's start with uh, Borg Warner, which uh, could be assimilated into your portfolio. Yes, uh, Borg Warner symbol is BWA. Stock trades are about $46 a share. The company is a, a provider of a variety of, of auto parts, uh, fuel injection systems, turbochargers, uh, electronic uh, vehicle propulsion systems. Uh, what I like about it is it, it kind of fits the, the, the uh, growth cyclical uh, category, which I think is going to be an area of the market that actually does pretty well here in 2023. It's had positive earnings estimate trends. Uh, I think earnings and revenue are going to grow uh, pretty nicely in 2023. And the other factor I like is that there, there's another catalyst in that the company is going to be spinning off a business here uh, later this year. It's going to spin off its fuel systems and aftermarket distribution systems, and it's going to allow it to focus more on its electric uh, vehicle operations. You get a dividend yield of about 1.4%, and I think it's a nice stock um, in an economically sensitive area of your portfolio. That's BWA, Borg Warner, trades for $46 a share. And your next company, uh, not only uh, does it have uh, roots in Chicago, but uh, you hear their commercials with great frequency here on WBBM, and that is? That's WW Granger. The symbol is GWW. Stock trades for about $675 a share. Don't let the big per share price tag turn you off from the stock. It's a quality company, quality management um, for a long, long time. Nice, steady stock. Uh, Their latest quarter was very strong. The stock had a nice breakout following that. There was a sharp increase in earnings estimates for the company for 2023, and I think that's a positive. Uh, Again, had a real impressive breakout in the the stock chart. And, And then finally, again, it's kind of one of those growth cyclical stocks they're a big industrial distribution company, and I think that's a pretty good place to be in 2023. You also get a dividend yield of about 1.2%. So that's WW Granger, symbol GWW, stock trades for about 675 a share. And uh, full disclosure, our uh, firm and our clients own both of these stocks. For the ones who get it done. And while I have you here uh, very quickly, Chuck, uh, let's do a check on uh, where the Dow Theory is at these days. Talked about it a couple of hours ago, but uh, where are we at uh, after a really good January? We are. We're kind of waiting on the the industrials right now. We had the Dow Jones Transportation Average uh, go to a new significant highs here above its November 30 high. We even have the S&P do that as well. But you need the Dow Jones Industrials to confirm that move in the transports. And that level that we're watching is a November 30 level of 34589 A close above that by the Dow Industrials would turn the primary trend of the market from bearish to bullish under the Dow theory. And once again, your stocks for the week, Borg, Warner, BWA, and Granger, GWW. Chuck Carlson, thanks for joining us today. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.